0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Happy post-Thanksgiving hallucinations, Nikki. I know. Oh, my gosh. It was hard coming back this week. Harder than it's been. I really, uh, I found taking a couple of days off exuberant. Yes. I, I had it went in with plans to say, okay, I've got downtime on Thanksgiving. It's yeah. easy. I'll just, I might open my laptop occasionally, knock a few things out. Yeah, it's easy. I did not do that. No. I took a hardcore, <laughs> hardcore. It's like a, it was you. the power nap of vacations, right? Like, you know, when you go to sleep at two in the afternoon and you kind of wake up at six and, and you feel kind of hungover. That, yeah. was, that was it. It was great. And oh, Monday morning was hard. So, yeah, for yeah. for all of those uh, living with the post-Thanksgiving context context shift blues, I feel you. It was hard, um, but today we're we're back. We're talking more about um, uh, planning, and it's a Q and A. We haven't done Q and yes. A in a while.
1: No, nope. let's excited do this. About
0: that. Yeah, you're excited. I am excited. I love it. No, I, I would, mean, I see it.
1: I would much rather do this than um, an outline. <laughs> So I'm good. Not that it's self-serving at all. (laughs) Well, I know it's, uh, but it's also getting to the point of what people really want, right? Like sometimes I try to guess and you try to guess, and we think we're doing a good job, but we don't really know. We
0: don't
1: know. (laughs) We don't know.
0: Uh, I, I, it, I think it's I think it's great and it's important and uh, I'm, I think we are uh, I think we're in good stead. We are going to dig into those questions right away, but before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage and get an email with the latest episode each week. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, you've got to be in the Discord community. ADHD Discord community is super easy to access. The general community chat channel invitation is at TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord. That will take you right over to the login page. If you have a Discord account, you just log in with that and you'll join our server. If you don't, it's really easy to set up a new account just like any other account you sign up for. Uh, And uh, then you'll be in our private community. Uh, If you are looking for a little more, particularly if this show has ever touched you, please consider... Supporting the show through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few of your dollars every month, you help guarantee we continue to grow this show, add new features to the community, and invest more heavily in everything we do around this show. The the Patreon is is the show. Patreon is the show. You also get a whole bunch of extra super-secret Discord channels. If you happen to be interested in seeing what all of the other members are talking about, that's where you go. So, Uh, That's patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. And, uh, and, you know, while you're at it, it, once you're a Patreon uh, member at the deluxe level or higher, you get to join us for the live stream recordings of these shows. You get to hear all of the mistakes. People love mistakes and burps and stuff. And that's all in the live stream. (laughs) Really exciting stuff.
1: oh my god that was funny i'm just writing notes about the show going on my business and then all of a sudden i hear you talking
0: about burps yeah mostly i just was trying to make you look up and see if you'd notice me just notice me notice me what could i say that is so funny i noticed you pete right i sure did all right patreon.com slash the adhd podcast to learn more All right, Nikki. It's yeah. QA time. Are you ready?
1: I am so ready. In fact, as you were so doing ready. that beautiful introduction, I had a, a an <laughs> aha moment. So, I'm ready. I well, is, it, is
0: it about the show or is it yeah, like about what you are today? it is it's about the show. <laughs> okay. Good. Absolutely. Well, so we asked our listeners to share their planning questions, and they came back with a set of great questions that we're going to run through today. And and uh, dear Melissa again once again, uh, highlighting or just organizational prowess, uh, has categorized the questions in four broad topics: getting started, long-term planning, transitions, and planning and technology. So we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with getting started. Uh, would you like me to read the questions, Coach? Yeah, can, uh, that would be really helpful. Yeah, right. thank you. First question: How do you start planning or making progress toward a goal when you haven't used to-do lists in forever, other than a grocery list? How do you even get started? Hmm.
1: Okay, so this is where I had this, like, aha moment. And I'm going to ask you a question, Pete. Right. Um, when you, what is your definition of planning?
0: Um, to uh, document somehow the, the uh, steps, tasks, uh, of, you know, organizing the work toward a specific goal.
1: You got it. Oh, thank god. You did A+ oh, plus man. work. When I yes. get tested
0: on this show, it's like it's, it feels just like I'm in the 8th grade again. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I do that on
0: purpose sometimes.
1: <laughs> um but anyway, uh no, it, you have it because when I when you were talking and then talked about burping, what I was thinking is that <laughs> you know, when I when I read this question i'm thinking planning what does this what does that mean to this person especially if they've never used you know or they haven't been using a to-do list for a long time mm-hmm. and you know my definition is the same as yours it's just a way to kind of keep track of your projects and your tasks that need to be done for those projects but it's also about priorities it's about be- making sure that you're working on what you want to work on and what's most important planning isn't necessarily guessing or really doing any kind of decision making. Well, it is a decision. Hold on. That's not right. It's not, um, you don't have to know everything to plan. Mm -hmm. Right. And you don't have to, uh, guess exactly how long things are going to take. And you don't even have to really, um, do it long-term if you really don't want to, and we'll talk about long-term planning, but Mm -hmm. it's just an interesting, interesting thought is that, you know, what does planning mean to you and and what does that encompass for you? Because it is a, it's a process. It's a, it's a system that we put in place, right? So it's more than just a to-do
0: list. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think you, uh, you said it for me uh, that, that, and, and it's also buried in the question, making progress toward a goal. So let's just take the goal as the only thing you know about right. what you're doing, right? Start breaking the goal down from the end, right? You know what it, you want it to look like. What are the things that go into achieving that goal, you know? And what are the things that go into those things that go into achieving that goal? And you start, you, start, you know, being able to break it apart and sort of chunk it off based on what the end result looks like. I think that, to me, is a, is a great place to get started. For example, if I know I have to take a trip in February to go to Colorado for a reunion, it's a grotesque number reunion. I don't like thinking about the number, but we'll get into that later. Um, So I, I know that I have that trip to take. What are the things that go into taking a trip? Well, I could start with, you know, pack socks. But that's not really the most relevant thing right now. The most relevant thing right now is how am I going to get there? Where am I going to stay when I get there? Uh, or How am I going to get to the place where I need to stay once I'm in that city, right? Those are the things that that go into making those decisions and those allow me to unlock new tasks like get online, buy airplane tickets, rent a car. Find a hotel. Like all of those things, start being illuminated as soon as you start with the goal. Get to Colorado for this reunion, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the thing. So even it doesn't matter how long you haven't used to do lists. A to do list is is secondary to the entire process. It's just process. a tool. It's just a tool. Yeah. The the issue is have a goal and start breaking it down.
1: Yeah. And then you can decide how you want to organize it. What's the best way for you, right? And that that's becomes when the tools a values
0: decision, right? Like, what yeah. are the things that are most important to you in thinking about it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's a great place to start is, is figuring out what that one goal is, breaking that down, and then figuring out what are the best ways for you to uh, keep track of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right.
0: Planning ahead sounds like a great idea, but I never seem to have the time to do it properly. How do you plan when... When you're going to plan, when you stink at planning.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. So this is fun, too, because there's a couple of things here. One is that a lot of times people don't think they have time to plan regardless if they think they're doing it properly or not.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Because it feels like the work is more important than doing any kind of, like, planning for the day. So... It's get, take away if you're doing it right or wrong, because there isn't a mm-hmm. right or wrong way to do it. So let's just put that to the side because it doesn't matter. Um, we do need to find time to do it, whether it's done Great or poorly, <laughs> right. uh, but it doesn't have to take very much time. And so, I'd be really curious to know um, what makes them think that they're not a good planner. What uh, what do they? What are they expecting of themselves? Because what I find is that people think that they're not good planners because they're they can't estimate how long things are going to take. They don't do what they say they're going to do. Um, you know, something goes sideways and then the whole day goes in a different direction. Uh, A lot of things that are out of their control. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And expectations are always really high. And so I would dig in deeper about what makes you think that you're not a good planner um, and start with the mindset, because we have to flip that and say, nope, you're a great planner. And it doesn't have to be done properly because properly means perfect almost, right? And there Mm -hmm. is no such thing as perfect. So if you see the value in planning your day or the value of planning your week, then um, practice it and see what works for you and and keep it simple and don't make it too complex. Don't don't overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be um, a two-hour process. It shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: shouldn't be at it, all. It
0: should be living, right? That's mm-hmm. the the thing I think that is that is most important. Like when I look at my at at my system, it's a living system. And yes, every day at four, I go into that system and I make sure everything's up to date for the next day. But the fact is my planning system exists to have tasks put into it and checked off in it throughout the day. It's not something that I uh, like, whether I'm using paper or a computer system or my phone, whatever, I'm constantly in it because that's where the documentation of my work is. And so I might see something else that, um, I, I, I might see something else that, um, I I need to do in the day and I'll add it to a new task and I'll massage some things and take two minutes to kind of make that work when, uh, you know, so I I think we got to get over the fact that it's not planning isn't the end, right? Planning is, is the road. Planning is the road you're driving on. Right. It's always there. It's the oxygen you breathe. And once you internalize that, you take pressure off the fact that you're not a planner. you sure you're a planner. You're a planner. If you've ever written a task on paper, be a right. planner. That's fine. Stop thinking so hard about it. Right. Like I, I think I, I think that's that's part of the thing. We work ourselves up to whether or not our plan is up to date and our tasks are out of date and what's going on. It's OK. It's OK. I Everything love that okay. you're saying
1: it's a living document because I think that that's a living system. I think that's really important to point out again because it isn't just a one and done thing. It's not just a to-do list. It's a system that you've created. And that's you know what we do in GPS is we create these systems and it is something that you want to continue to rely on and refer back to on how to direct yourself. So it's not, again, you don't have to. Be a, a, a future, what is it, teller? Fortune teller. Person, fortune teller <laughs> who tells the future.
0: You know, a future talker.
1: Future person has that, you know, intuition. <laughs> but you don't have to know. You don't have yeah. to know everything. And I just love that you say that. It's like you're looking at it. You're massaging it. You're, you're working with it every day. So y- you are... Yeah, I mean, that's that's planning. That's taking control of how you're spending your time. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. next question. I do okay when it comes to planning and completing tasks that have concrete deadlines that were given to me by someone else. Where Mm -hmm. I struggle is those things that I want to do, but they don't have real deadlines. And even if I give myself a deadline in my head, I know it's an arbitrary deadline I made up. So a lot of times it gets pushed back again and again. What can I do to help myself stick to my own personal deadlines?
1: This person has ADHD. Really? Yeah.
0: Because it's totally unfamiliar to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is how ADHD plays out in this person's life. And so that's what we have to understand is... When you're planning and you have ADHD, you're going to plan in a different way than someone that doesn't have ADHD because they don't have the same uh, things that that drive them, that drive you. And external deadlines is, or uh, having a deadline is an external motivator. It's an adrenaline uh, push that's really important, right? I'm going to say embrace that. Don't try to fight it all the time. Now, I'm not saying that procrastination is the greatest thing to do either. I know that that also has a lot of stress. But where's the middle ground? And that might be some practicing of, like, figuring out what that is. But if you know something is coming up and you know you're going to work your best and your hardest at the very end, maybe, like, can we... I don't know, maybe start a day before than you would normally start, like just kind of embracing it, but then also taking care of yourself. I know it sounds kind of strange, but um, somehow we have to work with your ADHD and not try to fight it all the time. And that's what is happening here. There's a lot of fighting.
0: There's a lot of fighting. We're recording this right now at the end of November. And November is, as we have mentioned, almost every week since it started, it's NanoRimo National Novel Writing Month. And this is, I think, t- this to me is what I think of when I think about uh, this particular question. The fact that NanoRimo is a completely arbitrary, self-imposed deadline to do a hard thing, to write 50,000 words in a month. For some reason, my brain really attaches to that, even though this is not a deadline set by anyone else. This year in particular, I'm not m- doing much by way of, of being a part of the broader NaNoWriMo community. We've got some people who are writing along in in our community, which is fun. And I'm part of another writing group that where we we sort of said, but everyone else in that writing group is way behind. And they're kind of changing the goals and, and moving the goalposts and saying, you know, if I just get to some point, you know, really, I, I can skip days. That's not how it worked for me at all. and It's not how it works for me. For me, the 50,000 words is critically important to my achievement of the goal and to writing every day. Without it, it's not enough pressure for me to do it. Yet, it's totally arbitrary. It's exactly the kind of goal that the listener question is talking about. It's completely personal. And yet, I've been able to make a ton of room in my life to do this thing. And I am trying to figure out what it is about this goal That has allowed me to rewire myself a little bit to consider it at the same level as an external goal given to me by someone else. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the answers to those questions?
0: I have ideas, but I am not going to I'm not sure. No, I, I'm not confident.
1: I have ideas too, right? We yeah. don't really know for sure. Right. Um, but I do think that there's a couple of things that are happening. And um, and this is important, I think, also for understanding how ADHD works is there is a level of high engagement for you. Like you like to write. You like mm-hmm. to do this type of work. And so there is a um, because there's such a high level of interest, that helps because you have some accountability. Ability with your writing group, with our group, with, uh, the, the, the community itself that's organizing this, you have some kind of accountability that you're checking in, which is good. You're not just checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those things are setting you up. Plus, I think, um, it's something that you just personally really want to do. Right. And I think that, um, I realize, especially with inattentive ADHD, even if you really want to do something, it's still really hard to do it. And that's where you need to have those external factors in, right, mm-hmm. with the accountability, um, setting the time aside to do it. Like, you really set yourself up for success here. Um, and I think you made a decision. You made a decision, you know, on November first, that this is what you were going to do and this is how you were going to do it. And you said that in our Discord community. Um and so I think all those factors, you know, carry you into now it's almost the end of November and I bet you're really close to fifty thousand words.
0: Yeah, it's sixty-seven thousand words. So Oh, you're um, past. Yeah, I'm almost I've got I'm almost finished with the book. Like I I really am. I think I'll finish it today. So. So that's a huge achievement.
1: Everybody needs to, you know, give applause to Pete Wright. That's huge. That's a big deal.
0: Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. But it it is it's sort of an aside to this question, because I think it's really important to think about, like, what are the things that are in my control and in listeners control um, to rewire how we see our own personal deadlines? Right. Yeah. Like, right. Because there is uh, there's there's got to be a way to think through the things that are important to us uh, and make them as important to promote them. We need to promote tasks. Maybe that's the right word for it, like promoting personal tasks to the level of importance. Uh, and what are the what's the the sort of neurological wiring that helps us build the same level of enthusiasm or fear or motivation, whatever it is, to get those things done apace? Mm-hmm. Be- because that's that's for sure missing. Of course. Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: it's yeah. I mean, I I might as well have written this question, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And and I think about it all the time. The it's things very that common. become, yeah, yeah. So, um, I I don't think we have an answer, but I think it's important to think about the things that you do love to do and the things that you do promote. Like for me, NaNoWriMo, But for for you, whatever it is, and and ask yourself. Maybe start writing. Like what what is it about this task that I love and how can I apply it to tasks that I also know I need to get done, but maybe don't love so much? Promote those tasks.
1: Yep. I love it.
0: All right. Uh, We're moving into long-term planning. Are you ready? This is a big shift, long-term planning. I'm ready. All right, here we go. I always struggle to make plans, decisions, or commitments more than a few weeks ahead of time, vacations, attending events, planning Christmas presents, you name it. When it's more than a few weeks ahead, it all feels so remote to me that I just can't make myself focus enough to deal with it, and I feel seriously l- limiting, and, it, and I feel it's seriously limiting me in my daily life. How can I get around this? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: uh, ah. I, I struggle with this myself. Mm-hmm. And last year, I bought a calendar, a yearly calendar that was a, a circle. It's called the Round Round Method. You can check it out if you like. I've decided not to go that route this year because the format it just didn't work for me. You were so very excited about it. I was, and I yeah. gave it a hundred percent. You
0: did. You shot. You gave it the shot.
1: Yeah, um, and it's. I'm looking at it right now, and it's just a huge blob of mess um but yesterday what i did is i ended up buying a um year a yearly wall calendar that is got the it's a whiteboard so if i change my mind i can erase it and that was the problem with this one is that there was no erasing to be done on this board Uh, yeah (laughs) And that's really hard, but I'll tell you why I did this. And I have never done this um, until I started really researching more about long-term planning, because I think that this is an ADHD thing, but I also think it's a people thing. It's really hard to kind of see the future when we're in it now, right? Like we're here now, we're in November. It doesn't feel like it should be like, it's not Christmas time, but like, it's once December 1st comes, it's almost Christmas, right? Yeah, so right. Um, time is weird. It, 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 there's a factor to it that uh, is hard to, to understand. So I think with long term planning, my first recommendation is to get a yearly calendar that you can actually see all of the months together. And yeah. you can actually see like, okay, when do you take vacation? When are your holidays? Um, for me, I'm using it for a business um for business because I want to know when are we going to do promotional preps? When are we going to do the promotion? Mm -hmm. When is it launching? Uh, When am I taking vacation? When is Pete taking vacation? When is Melissa taking vacation? Like I need to be able to see that so that I can, can, you know, be prepared for it. So that's the first thing is I think a visual is really important. And I know that these calendars are huge. And I was trying to find something that wasn't like going to be, you know, the size of a kitchen I mean, they're really big, Um, Mm -hmm. but I did find one that that I think will work. So that's my first recommendation is you got to see time. But what do you think, Pete?
0: Well, I, I totally agree with you. And I just posted in in the live stream chat, my favorite yearly calendar. It's a dry erase calendar. It comes rolled up. It is huge. I mean, it's designed to hang on the back of a door or something, yeah. but it's dry erase and it's it's the focused calendar from newyear.net, N-E-U year.net. Uh, direct link is is in there. It'll be in the show notes too. Um, I, I just really uh, appreciate how the calendar is designed and the visual nature of it and the flow of it. The fact that you, it, every, you know, it, it's designed so that all the days kind of flow right in months flow into one another. It's, it's really lovely. And, uh, and I like the guys behind it. They're, uh, they're serious productivity guys. Like they think about, you know, the design of such things. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've used this uh, for several years running and I I think very highly of it. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. I think there is something about it. To me, the nature of long term planning starts big. It, it does, starts yeah. on the wall. Right. Because until I can see I it's the same reason all my clocks in my house are are like radial clocks. Right. With arms, analog clocks, yeah. because I have to visually see how time what time Chunks like right. same thing with with long term planning i I have a really good sense of what the rest of the week looks like, but once I get more than a week out it's I'm a little bit blind to it right, right? it, it oh, I am too fuzzy. And so having a giant thing on the wall that lets me dive into it and, and, you know, is important. That's important to me. And, and I also think that's what, that's one of the reasons like I was, I, I have to tell you, I was a little bit dubious about the, the round calendar that you had just because it's non traditional. We're wired for this grid. And, Trying the new thing is is great for from a design perspective. Like, let's just see if it if it mm-hmm. takes. But, but um, man, there's just something about how we look at time and dates that is pretty ingrained.
1: I agree what we do. And I like uh, it wasn't. And I hear this a lot with paper planners and calendars. It just wasn't enough room to write. It wasn't enough room to really see, like, you know, what's going on. And so I yeah, I totally went back to the traditional. It it, it will it will fit. I bet it's similar. It will fit on the back of my door, which is a glass door. So I don't think that's going to (laughs) work.
0: You just need to find something decorative for the other side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah maybe a curtain or
0: something yeah. anyway.
1: Um, all right. So that's what so I would that's do. A, that's the, that's, f- that's the, that's the start of it. Yeah.
0: I think that's it. I think you have to see like this. It gets to that question, uh, when it's a, more than a few weeks ahead, it feels so remote. It's, it's just because I, to me, I answer that question by a giant calendar that it has the whole year on it. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I do it. Um, okay. How do you plan for long-term goals that are amorphous or when you have an atypical schedule or you're planning for something that doesn't have a clear start or end date, like planning for a career transition? Oh, dear. What do you think?
1: Okay, so uh, there's a lot of questions in this question, isn't there?
0: I know, multiple questions. I have thoughts. This is good.
1: Why don't you start with your thoughts first?
0: Okay. I think that... Part of the challenge is seeing an amorphous goal or an atypical schedule or not having a a clear start or end date and getting yourself stuck in a position where you don't believe that you have agency over those decisions. You have an amorphous goal, make it morphous. (laughs) Give it shape, right? You have no clear start or end date, try setting an end date, Yeah. right? Just try putting a stake in the ground so that you can work backward and get a sense for how long it'll take you to get to that point. Need to make a career transition? Just put a stake in the ground. Say 90 days out, you wanna have, you you wanna be in a place where you can jump ship. What? Maybe you don't make it, right? Maybe it's okay that you don't make that date, but at least you have something against which to plan. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is seeing something that doesn't have shape and forgetting you're the one who gives it shape. You're the one. You have control over this. I do this all the time. I know from where I speak. Right, right. right. You have agency in the in, in setting dates for the things you want to do. You absolutely do. And so when I hear people say, like, I just, I, you know, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't have time to do it. How do you know until you set the date and see if you can start lining up pieces. It may not work and it, that may suck, but at least you'll be kicking the ball down the field a little bit, right? Otherwise you're just stuck. So that's that's my that's my like I love low it. rent two cents.
1: Oh I think it's great and I'm so glad you answered it first.
0: <laughs> oh good.
1: <laughs> Such a good answer. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with everything Pete said. Oh, <laughs> No, I have something to add, I'm sure. Okay.
0: Uh I, I, <laughs> I'm sure. Let's see if you get there. All right, sure off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh no, I do agree with everything that you said and I think that um like basically everything you said. I think that you th- said a little bit more time with it then. You know, what is this goal that you are trying to to achieve? And let's focus on just one goal and not every goal. I think that that's important too. Like especially if you're talking about like Uh, career transition, like, let's say you're thinking about career transition, but are you also at the same time wanting to, um, have like a five day week exercise plan? And are you going to lose, you know, 50 pounds in this year? Like when you start to have too much going on, then nothing gets really, um, nothing is focused, like, no, your focus is so spread that nothing Mm -hmm. really gets done on any of them. So you know, I would also look at that is how much are you trying to achieve? And maybe the career transition is the thing that you start to mold and let the other yeah. stuff wait until you've made some progress here and feel good about it.
0: Oh, man, that's like that's like the bonus answer to this whole thing. And I think that's another thing that you figure out as you <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> oh God, it makes me sound so old. But as you get well, older, with your gray the, cable sweater, it, you yeah, fit right? you fit
1: it real nice. Yeah.
0: Right. I just need a pipe. And mm-hmm. uh, it is that we we have too much stuff on our lists for mm-hmm. each individual day, week and month. And the, the reality crazy. is pick pick one or two and be happy that you get those things done Absolutely. with everything else that is inflicted on you. Um, and um, so just I, I think this comes with a sense of rationalization that mm-hmm. that you, you have to have because today is nuts. Just today, speaking broadly, is nuts. So it's crazy nuts. It's crazy nuts, crazy cakes. Uh, Okay, now let's talk about transitions. How about that? Let's do it. Let's transition to transitions. This has a couple of sub questions. We might take those separately. I always hear people talking about transitions and making sure to add transition time to my schedule to make it easier to move from one task to the next. But what should I be doing during that transition time? Oh, such a great question. Sub questions. Uh, What are the things I should be doing to shift my focus from the last task to the next task? And should my transition activities be different based on the type of task I'm going to do next? Oh, my goodness. Nikki, transition time.
1: This is great because, you know, the questions have the answers inside the questions.
0: I know they totally do. Right? Yep. It's so, perfect. Let's take a step back from the question and just start pulling it apart because it's all right there. It's a gift. It
1: the really beautiful is. Beautiful bounty
0: of buffer time.
1: That's right. So, <clears throat> transitions, the, the reason, let's just start with that. The reason that you want that transition time built into your your schedule is because. They are so difficult, um, and if you're going from one thing to the other and you're forced to do it, you're going to go into that next thing being really scattered and overwhelmed and you're not in a good place, right? And so uh, when we say we want you to add that buffer time, we're, we're allowing you to have ADHD.
0: Oh, Beautiful
1: right? So you, uh, you're giving yourself that time to maybe something took a little longer than you expected. A meeting ran a little bit longer. You got distracted. Um, you know, you went down a rabbit hole somewhere, like giving that type of buffer time allows for those things to happen without you rushing into the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I love planning for them and this came from GPS. This, this was a, um, a member of GPS who's been a member for a long time. And she wrote down as one of her questions when she was doing her plan is what what transitions do I need to plan for? So what I love about that, and this goes into you know, are do you have a different type of activity based on the task? Yes, because that's what she was looking at. Like if I if I'm doing really deep work and I'm going into lunch what does that transition have to look like for me to actually go and eat something?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So, um, I definitely think that the activities are based on the tasks and what you need. Um, and uh, for for as far as like what activities to do, what I recommend is getting up from where you are seated, walking around. I love, and I've said this before, when you and I worked together up in Portland, um, we were doing some recordings and you had us walk outside in the front yard for like five minutes just to get that, Mm -hmm. you know, fresh air. It was cold, but it was lovely. And just to get that like reset. And I think that's really important. So we want to go outside, get a little bit of exercise, not go work out necessarily, but walk around a little bit in your house or in, you know, go to walk around your building if you work at... Um, a building, whatever, just get some, that movement. And I would almost like, it's a, it's a mind thing too. It's almost like a a silent meditation of um, letting go of what this is that you've been working on and opening yourself up for what's next and not being resentful of it, but opening yourself up for it. Um, And so that's kind of how I look at it. What do you think? What do you want to add?
0: No, I mean, I I agree with all that. I think the um, it it's okay to just to uh, you know for me I sit down and I take some notes about what just happened, like what was mm-hmm. the meeting I was in, right? Be- especially because all of my. Um, Uh, all of my meetings when people schedule with me on my calendar are short five to 10 minutes. So you can't book an hour with me, you can book 50 minutes, you can't book a half hour, you can book 25. Because of the buffer time, it's all built in. And at the end of that meeting, I take the five minutes to just make some notes, whether it's in the contact I was just talking to, or in the database of podcasts, whatever it is, I, I make a few notes. And that allows me to, to core dump and get rid of the head that what's in my head from the last meeting, even if I'm not necessarily completely ready for the next meeting, at least I'm not carrying the baggage of the last one into the next one, because all of that is gone. And yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's the important part for me. It's also okay just to close your eyes for five minutes, right? Sagittarius for three minutes and just think, just, or don't think, or, you know, play a few rounds of threes on your phone, whatever it takes to just mm-hmm. kind of clear your, clear the headspace uh, for whatever comes next. So
1: I like that the notes is, too, because I think um, yeah. that was one of the things of the, the one of the questions, right, is, uh, mm-hmm. is. Well, I don't know. Maybe this isn't the question. I just read it that way. Like, how do you remember where you left off? And I think that's where the notes come in. I like that. Like, if I'm working on a a presentation, I will I do that in Google Docs and then I'll make a comment of this is where I left off um, Mm -hmm. so that when I go back in, I know where I left off. And that's helpful for sure.
0: I, I use Obsidian and every time and for like, for example, for every podcast I do, I have a, a master note for that podcast. And in those master notes, I have each episode, uh, you know, the prep work that I've done for each episode where I'm prepping and In Obsidian, I also have meet a section for all the meetings, and each meeting gets a new note, and so I can go back and just click through the dates of when meetings were to find, you know, whatever it was. I often don't go back and reflect on those meetings after I've written the notes because I don't really need to, but it, but that's the space where I, I know I can. Yeah. If there's something I have to remember or write down or I take a paper note and I want to make sure it's on all my devices, I, I put it there in Obsidian and that works great for me. Um, so, you know, whatever it is, whatever yeah. your system is, it, should your transition activities be different based on the type of tasks you're going to do next? I think you're the only one who gets to decide that because right. it works different for my brain. Uh, you have to decide what those, what those activities are mm-hmm. and what, what are best for you. Uh, okay, planning and tech. Oh, are you Ready for this? I know. Starring Pete Wright. AI. How do we use it? And what are the best AI programs for people with ADHD? Comigo, uh, Mind Mapper, what else? Or do you have any good AI recommendations? Oh, you guys. Um, okay. Uh this is so big. This question is so big. Well, this and, is like a whole podcast really in the it future, really is. right? And uh, I, I would say M- Melissa has asked, dutifully asked, please mention the pa- platinum Patreon subscription for Coffee with Pete, or even just joining the discard and jumping into the technology channel to talk to other people about what they like to use. So Coffee with Pete, once a month, we have, a you know, couple of on a couple fr- hours on the, I don't even remember which Friday it's on. It's like the first Friday, second Friday, second Friday. Second Friday. Friday where uh, we jump on on uh, Discord and video just, just privately, just members of the Platinum community, and we just take on tech questions. And uh, we sometimes research together. We sometimes talk about, you know, use cases. Uh, people come in and demo their own systems, that kind of thing. So that's what Coffee with Pete is. You're welcome to join anytime. Just jump into that Patreon uh, Platinum subscription and, and hang out with us. Um, the technology channel is one of the free channels. You can talk all you want there. Okay, I am... I I want to shy away from giving too many specific uh, ADHD related AI applications because it's so new, right? For yeah. example, like Comigo is is a is a wrapper, a, uh, a therapeutic wrapper around an AI model where you can you treat it like a, a therapy, but it's you can also do that with the native models open AI or, or anthropic you can, you can just start talking to your AI and getting feedback anytime you want. There, there are some benefits some scheduling, they built some things on top of it that that make it um, you know, a little bit more uh, therapy friendly, but it's by no means a therapist. Right. And uh, and I think it's so early. It's so early at, that companies are still just now trying to figure out how to use these tools, uh, and so they're changing. All the time, I can't make a recommendation, I can tell you some of the ones I've tried. um, And like, for example, reclaim is one that I've tried that that is is designed around protecting your schedule and protecting your habits. And it is great, but clumsy, like it's just it's clunky, like the idea is really great. It finds space in your calendar, it lets you it, it takes the things that you've said are important to you. And it schedules them throughout your can- calendar. But it's a mess. Like I can't integrate it into any of the things that I currently do. Same thing with something like clockwise, right, which is a uh, it, that allows you to sync team calendars or motion. That's motion, not notion, right? Yeah. Motion is a is a uh, it's a scheduling assistant, right? But it's incredibly complicated to make it do what you want it to do. Uh, Clara is a really expensive, like $99 a month expensive um, AI assistant that actually has a human in the middle, right? So you say, Clara, I want to schedule this thing with John. And John goes and and Clara, the AI, then sends a a message to John. And John, it it negotiates calendars. It's essentially AI to AI calendar negotiation. And if it gets confused, there's a human at the Clara company that will read Read your email and try to fix it so that it's invisible to you. That is a sign to me that we're not there yet. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make any recommendations <laughs> for any of these things because they're clumsy and I'm, I, I don't think we're there. Where is AI really great? The tool that I've landed on right now, because everything is so in flux, is Poe pocom and the reason I like Poe it's a it's a paid like you can I think you can use it for free but in order mm-hmm. to to uh, um, you know to get the goods you gotta you gotta pay for it and it's it's not cheap it's like 20 bucks a month but what you get is all the bots. Right, you yeah. get all the bots, and you can roll your own bots based on other bots. So, for example, I happen to know that ChatGPT 4 is really good at code. Right, I know it's really good at looking at code, and so I, or regex. I do a lot of regex, which is regular expressions, and I can um, I can put in uh, a, a regex that I'm using, and it will validate it and say, "Hey, this is what that's going to do." Here's an example of how it works, and you can see it in real, like I can see what the code is going to do. I can have it design things, right? I can have it say I want to, I need a, a CSS color scheme for a website, or I need a new page for a website. And here's a code, it'll give me starter code that I can literally paste into a into a, a text editor and, and run. It's really good at that. Um, I know it's really good at transformations. So I can give it a list and say alphabetize this list, or I can give it a data set. And I can say, you know, hey, here, take this data. And I want you you to summarize it and reorder it and do things to it, right I can do that to it um, but it's not that great at natural like language. so for that, I use Claude 2, which is from anthropic, and I have to again I, I don't want to completely belabor Nanorimo, but I just have to say how I've been using it this year for this book, which is extraordinary to me. I've taken the book and uh, every time I you know once I hit like fifty thousand words. I saved it out as a text file and gave it to Claude, and Claude read the book. And now, whenever I have a problem, I ask Claude. I'm essentially interviewing wow. the AI about my book. Right? I'm not telling it, you know, write the book for me. I'm saying, hey, I think I might have spelled the word for this Pakistani character I have in here in, uh, uh, differently throughout the book. Can you tell me how I, how I spell it most often? And it'll tell me, Here's, here are the, all the places in chapter two, in chapter three, in chapter six, it'll tell me all of these things. If I need to say, hey, when what year was it when this character did X, Y, Z? It'll tell me, hey, in chapter four, you said the year was 1972 that this thing happened. And uh, I can then use that, right? I can answer questions about, I, I can add, get questions asked about my book as if I'm working with a real editor. And it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. I, it is a mind-blowing uh, process Experience. improvement yeah. to using, to, to writing long-form stuff. So I love that idea uh, of, of how to use AI to do that stuff in terms of integrating with productivity i just think it's it, we're still at a place where the the software artists who are out there doing this stuff haven't completely answered the question yet it's too early. So all I can say is please don't fall in love with something yet. I guarantee you they don't have the money to make it sustainable yet. Poke around, try it. It's great. We're doing a lot of that. But just just protect your productivity heart. Don't fall in love yet. Because we're not there. There's no recommendation that I feel 100% safe making um, uh, that that is is going to you know, solve the problems you want to solve. I absolutely think you should check tires or kick tires. And I feel like Poe is a really great, safe place to do it. And it lets you explore all the models. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, particularly if you're following any of the tech press and you see what's happened over the last week with um, OpenAI and OpenAI's leadership, um, it's a problematic space and problems are not solved yet. So please be patient. And so that's that's where I stand. Um, I will say, a lot of the tools that I use regularly have AI built into them. Um, So for example, I use, Grammarly. Grammarly now has AI built in. Um, so I can select text and say, rewrite this and make it sound like an epic poem and Grammarly will take care of that. That sort of thing. Same exact, because it's built on OpenAI and ChatGPT, it's the same exact thing you get using Poe. It's just built into a right click in your computer. Right. Um, Coda, we use Coda extensively and it, as it now has AI built into it for doc creators and I can select a table and have the AI do transformation on the tables that that we have and and concatenate tables and fields and I can have AI do a lot of wonderful things. Um, So some of that is built in, you might want to look at the tools you currently use and evaluate whether or not they've released new versions that include AI features in them, because maybe they have a lot of them have notion Coda, um, you know, Todoist has AI built into it now. Um, So it's coming, it's coming. And with Zapier, you know, if you're a Zapier user, For example, you can tie a lot of your services, a lot of the services that you use, probably together using an AI go between they have ChatGPT built into um, Zapier now. So you can do a lot of stuff. But we're early days. I know it feels like it's moving fast and that problems are solved. Problems are not solved. Um, So that that's where I stand. Do you have any I mean, what's your experience so far? I know I, I you've been using Poe I've bit, been right? using
1: Poe a lot I love it it's it's transformational in a lot of ways right because I think it helps with uh, for me it helps writing because I'll have an idea and and but I don't know how to put it into a sentence like I have bullet mm-hmm. points so mm-hmm. I'll ask it like I need an introduction paragraph for my weekly GPS newsletter that has these things in it and then yeah. it comes up with something, I copy it, I paste it, and then I, I change it to come from me. Mm-hmm. But it gives me the start. Yeah. It gives me yeah. the fluff that I used to like ask you to do. Like, Pete, I need the fluff. Oh, I need- my God, AI
0: <laughs> took my job.
1: Well, no, 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 no. And it didn't take <laughs> Melissa's either, believe me, <laughs> because it doesn't have the voice. And yeah. that's the thing, is it doesn't have the voice. But it, it, for someone who doesn't... Um, Well, and you're going to catch me on this. You're going to say it's a limiting belief. I think I'm a good writer. I don't, I I think I have good ideas. I just don't always know how to put them into sentences. So it helps with that. Um, The other thing that I think it helps with, and this is for ADHDers, is like, if you need to, if you're having a hard time breaking a project down, ask AI to do it. Yeah. And you've got 10 steps. Yeah. And that's huge.
0: That I think is really important and why I want to go back to Poe again, because again, you're interacting with the bot directly, right? You start a new chat with GPT-4 and you say, break this down. You're interacting directly with GPT-4 just the exact same way Todoist is, right? All Mm -hmm. Todoist is doing is interacting with GPT-4, right? Right. That's all it's doing. In some cases, GPT-3.5 because it's cheaper for the developers, right? So you got to be aware that Poe allows you access to all of the, the things that you might otherwise see and and think is bespoke in a separate tool. They're really just wrapping. Uh, you know, around an existing language model. That's what's yeah. happening in the market right now, and so just be aware of that. Like you might fall in love with a tool that it, that you could get exactly the same feature with one subscription to directly to GPT and or to OpenAI and and solve all your problems. I, I will say, in terms of just usage, the the more uh, conversational you can be, the better it is, right? Yeah. The more you speak to it like a human and not like you're trying to prepare a Google search is th- the smarter it is. I have like this, this thing with my, the book conversation is an ongoing conversation I have with the, with the, Claude mm-hmm. and I start every night's writing session with hi Claude are you ready to brainstorm and it says <laughs> hey I'm ready I I've got do you have a late ver- a recent version of the book and I upload the latest version of the book and it has everything that I need to to do that work and That's awesome. it, it is it's like it, it's we're moving toward her that movie her right? right we're moving in that direction where you can have a conversation that is um that is that feels like an assistant you would want to have in your life.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Uh, and it's, it's scary and there are cultural humps to get over and there are, there's still a lot of litigation to happen. But I think, you know, for me, um, you know, I'm, I, it is, it's not something we can hide from. No. I, no. I still And hear, it can I, be very hear,
1: useful. Very useful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So,
1: all right. Last question. Last
0: question. There have been questions across the community about TickTick. Why did you decide to make the switch from Todoist Things uh, or Things and why TickTick? Okay. Um, So we... Uh, I we had we had centralized on Todoist at True Story and we have a lot of tasks, many many thousands of tasks at, at in True Story. And what we found was Todoist was crashing. It was not up upda- updating between us uh, on the team, and we were not being able to see each other's tasks. And that is a deal breaker. We had to try stuff that fixed it. So we tried all the other team based sharing tools. We tried Asana and Monday, and uh, I mean na- name it. We've tried it we've done the demo we imported all of our tasks into the system and we um and and we tried it and when it came down to it we ended up with tick tick because go ahead and look at the pricing page for all of those tools it's It's ridiculous they're not designed for people like us like people like who just need to share with a couple of people but also have a lot of tasks that they need to organize yeah um so that's why we ended up on it because it works it allows sharing and it the price is right it's so inexpensive yeah things is beautiful if i had my druthers i would use things all day all night but It's an individual tool you cannot share.
1: You cannot share. And that was the deal breaker, right, for me. I had no problems with things as my task management system. I loved it. It worked. I knew it very well inside and out. And then, um, but it doesn't have that ability to share. And that was the deal breaker when you had told us that you were moving to TickTick and Pete did not like, I made it sound like you made me do it. You didn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, Melissa and I, and you were talking and it made sense because even though we don't have a lot of tasks, we still have projects where, You're doing a a part of it. Melissa's doing a part of it. I'm doing a part of it. I can't do something until Pete's done his part. Pete can't do something until Melissa's done her part. So it made sense for us to all be on the same page and be able to uh, see where things are at. And this is part of planning, right? This was part of knowing where the projects are, who's responsible, who's still, you know, working on something. The communication was just so much better. It was a learning curve. And I, and I think that for people, um, I mean, I'm still like just a couple of weeks, I made a mistake where I didn't tag you or something. I, I don't remember what I did, but there was something that it was a, a user error of why something didn't, um, get in front of Pete's uh, it didn't get Pete's attention.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was between me and Melissa that we had a we had a transcription yeah. a date challenge. It was just all about how we're using dates, but but I think that gets to why it's it's pretty customizable and and I don't I think it works every bit as well as an individual tool uh, as it does a, a sharing tool. Absolutely like for, for small teams. Yeah, um, yeah. And we haven't had any syncing issues, which is the no. important part, right? Not right. a one, right? Um, I, I do have occasionally I have a little bit of, of um, you know, I, I, I do go into the search for like what's TickTick doing? What's on their roadmap? Like they've been they, I get updates all the time, but there are a lot of like bug fix updates. And wh- I'm looking for like, what's the next big feature? Because I'm kind of mm-hmm. feature hungry. I want to see what they're doing next. And they've been a little bit quiet on new features uh, for a while. It's, it's a stable application. And I think it's great. My hunch is they're working on AI something yeah probably and yeah. uh and that'll be the next big release so
1: yeah thank there you go. everyone
0: that was an hour of questions holy oh, I smokes. know.
1: love it nice
0: job team uh this was really fun thank you for submitting questions thank you for giving us the fodder to talk about today it's been uh it's been great and uh hope that helps hope that helps someone somewhere out there me too Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate you uh, absolutely downloading and listening to the show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming that supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Bright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.